We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Sunday crossover edition of the OBR Film Breakdown with myself, Jake Burns, All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward. Uh, if you have not paid attention to my podcast channel feed, which maybe you do, maybe you don't, I have not had a pot up for a couple days. After some really long-winded earlier in the week and drawn-out thought process stuff, I just kind of wanted to take a few days away because it's kind of like everything that's been crazy about this offseason has uh, has finally settled down a little bit and we haven't hit the full on OTAs and all of that stuff. So I wanted to just kind of unplug for a couple days, still wrote a couple things about Jerome Ford and Nick Chubb and shotgun offense, uh, run scheme variations and all that fun stuff. So that's available reading wise. Uh, and I know Brad just put up today best available running backs uh, for you to check, uh, check out as well. So uh, but again, I, I apologize. I really don't like to take multiple days off in a row. Every now and again, I'll take a day here and there. But I, I don't know, just didn't have the energy. And I tried to record a couple things yesterday. And when you start into them and you're like, this is terrible, I probably just need to take a day off. So what we're going to do is uh, starting for me, I, every Saturday on the OBR Film Breakdown, I'm going to do a weekend mailbag from now until the start of the season. So since I didn't join yesterday and I didn't give anybody the um, necessary time to look into submitting questions we're going to take questions from ask the insider ones ones that have already been answered so if you're a obr subscriber and you you want your questions answered in a very you know uh, privileged way which you deserve if you subscribe with us uh, you have had those questions answered by some form of insider or expert uh, and and i just want to make sure that that's clear but we're going to go through some of the ones that i think have been the best over the last three or four days and just riff through them and talk about what we think brad what's up man how are you I'm good, man. I'm tired. Uh, long week this week for some reason, but uh, Who'd you chat with Thursday. Uh, Quincy Carrier was on. How'd that go? It was nice. good. Quincy was good. Uh, he's always good. And uh, yeah, we just kind of we hashed out some some stuff. We talked about the running back thing. Um, we talked about you know all kinds of oh, a, quite a number of things. Should the NFL go to a draft lottery? 
all kinds of stuff. I like it. Should should they go to a draft lottery, Brad? Maybe NFL? No. I we 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 decided no because and Quincy made a good point. Like in the NFL, if you're at like five wins, it would actually probably incentivize teams like that to lose at the end of the season to just raise their percentage of ping pong balls where like now they it's just the worst try to, of the worst. They try to win, right? So yeah. you would yeah. it would probably incentivize like teams with not like in the in the running for the final or the number first yeah. overall. Where maybe it's three yeah. teams that are fighting duking that out in their own sort of passive yeah. way. Now you get up to like ten. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm with that. All right, all right. Here we go. Let's just do these. We're gonna rip through them quick. I don't know how long this spot will go. It might be short. Might be long. Whatever. Um, tactical bacon. What a name on the OBR here. So tactical bacon OBR. <laughs> Ask the question, is it possible that they slide Alex Wright to defensive tackle playing the three-tech of Dalvin as a shade and Apu backing him up? I feel like this D-line will be platoon based on weekly matchups short of another vet a defensive tackle. The room is set to play plug-and-play based on weekly matchups. So basically, long story short, do you think Alex Wright could play some in- interior snaps this year? That's the question for you, Brad, and then I'll answer it on my end. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he can. I, you know, I've said this multiple times. I think that his best snaps last year, which were few and far between, but his best ones I thought were on the interior. And, uh, um, you know, he's a big man, so yeah, he can slide inside and do some stuff in there. And uh, I expect that they will use him like that at at certain points. So he had five hundred and forty three snaps total last year, Brad. He had about. 115 uh, is more of an interior head-up tackle, interior type player. So it's not foreign to him. No, no, and I and uh, you know he probably won't be. I don't see him getting like a ton of snaps really anywhere unless he comes on in a way that we don't really expect. But yes, he can slide in there and play there. I don't think he's your first choice, but he certainly could take some snaps in there. He could. I think they can be adjustable here. I, I he's. He's a big guy, man. He's every bit of yeah six five. He's listed at six five, and he is definitely six five. Like there's, he's a little taller than Miles, and he's built up pretty well too. Two seventy. It's not totally impossible if they want to use him there and rush fronts and get creative inside. I think it's an element to his game he should be willing to do. Should we sit here and say, yeah, plug and play him at the three? Good to go. Let's rock. I don't think that's the case, no. right? I don't think anyone's saying that either. I hope not. Now, could he develop and like transition into a defensive tackle? That's possible. I think he's got the body type to put on a little bit of weight and play like 285, 290 and have a chance to do it, but that's an entirely different world in there. I mean, it's just an entire not, – not rush snaps where you can just pin your ears back and go. Yeah. Like really playing three-tech against run fits and different stuff like that, that's not fun. It is grown man's work inside. You have to take on multiple guys every yeah. snap, and that's not fun. So – I think he could. We would have to see sort of uh, – the question is, do I think they will? I don't think they'll transition him there full time. No. But they could slowly move him in that direction a little more. So I don't know. I, I lean toward – I'm in between. Put it that way. I'm in between. I think he could do it, but I think they're still probably trying to figure out what they have on that one uh, yeah. more as an edge player than anything else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um Third downs, though, maybe every once in a while, certain situations, depending on how he how he's playing, right? Obviously, and then and I think Isaiah McGuire's development 
probably plays a role in what they ultimately do with him as well. So, Agreed. Next question comes from Greg84. Running back rumblings. I know you just wrote on this today, Brad. Yeah. The Browns interested in Ezekiel Elliott. I, I have a hard time imagining why they would be. I mean, I don't imagine Zeke is playing on the veterans minimum deal. I just cannot see him with, Correct. His, with, his, with a sense of pride doing that. And what does he bring you that Jerome Ford doesn't already do at this point? Right. He's got, I will say this, he can pass block. He could yep. be, he could do some of those things, but I just have a hard time seeing how he's any sort of better than what everybody couldn't stand last year, which was the inefficiency of Kareem Hunt. So I don't really see the, the big draw there, but I'll, I'll let you uh, throw throw your opinion into that one too, Brad. Yeah, I can't. I don't see it either. I wrote that. Uh, I would kind of be shocked uh, to see him be in the orange and brown um, just because he's going to command probably the most money of anybody on the market, I would think, um, and he's not wor- really worth it in my opinion. To your, to your point, like, you know, He's not the same back that he once was. He's very good pass blocker, pass protection. He's excellent at it, right? Um, and he's good in short yardage. But, I mean, we have Nick Chubb. So uh, I think you're looking for a different kind of back, maybe, uh, if you're going to add a veteran. Like uh, J.D. McKissick or a Justin Jackson are the guys I like. Got it. Good stuff. Um, Zeke would surprise me. It'd be really just weird in general to see him in a Browns uniform. I, I don't, other than the the Buckeye angle of all that for people, I don't see why you would be inclined to crave that kind of decision. And it just just doesn't feel like the direction they should be working toward at running back. So I, I, I wouldn't feel great about that type of decision. Next question comes from Daniel B. Baseball. Interesting name for a football website. Was the Darius Smith in the fold? The only item left of the defense shopping list is a three tech, which I would agree with that. Uh, I've heard both Shelby Harris and Matt Ioannidis mentioned as possible options. Which one's better? Harris is more of a run stuffer. Ioannidis is more of a get after the quarterback type. Both have their merits. I don't know that I prefer one over the other. I probably lean Ioannidis. I, I say that mm-hmm. and then I give a, a guy I prefer over the other. That's kind of typical me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would prefer a guy who's a bit more keen on getting after the quarterback. Uh, personally, and uh, Ioannidis is just such a seasoned veteran. I, I wouldn't, I would be more than happy with either of them. Uh, the, the pressure rate stuff Ioannidis does a little bit better. They're both on a moderated snap count number, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would lean Ioannidis in this one. I think the money fits too. I, I wonder how interested they are, and you know, I've I've been wrong so far about thinking um, that they wouldn't do some things that they have gone out and done. So maybe they will. I mean, I, I put it at 50, 50 where in years past, I'd have probably been like 30, 70, that they were going to actually go out and solve some of these spots. that could use a veteran, you know, patch job. So I, I, I would just be tickled with either of those guys, but they also went out and signed these two Tristan Hill and Maurice Hurst. And maybe they think those guys are the answer. And that would continue to leave me thinking they have a blind spot at defensive tackle. Um, but you know, that's kind of all I have on that one. I would just really like them to go sign somebody, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I kind of lean towards Ionitis. Is that how you say his name? Right. Isn't that how you say his name? Yeah. Yeah, That's correct. All right. Uh, Over Harris. They're the only two on the market that would provide any value over what you already have in there. As far as a lot of 
you know, shots with Hill and, and uh, Hurst. So I think those are the only two worth going after at this point because you could solidify that, that role. Uh, I think they should. I mean, you know, I just got done writing, you know, they have, what, $7 million under the cap now. They're going to get nine more after the first or over nine more after the first. I mean, it's not, they still have money to spend if they want to do mm-hmm. it. So... Um, and I think these guys, guys could be had for not a, not a ton of money. So, um, because of the snaps and, and the things you were saying, but, uh, so yeah, I would love to see them do it. Um, I don't think they have to, but I would like to see them do it for sure. Next question is, um, one, let me see here if I can, uh, filter it correctly. Uh, John Tyler asks about, uh, Taki Taki, any update when he'll be ready, I again would be really surprised if he's ready near the beginning of the season. I have, yeah. I think he's a post bye week option to me, like week six, San Francisco at home, maybe around then. That's it usually takes somewhere around nine to ten months to feel good enough to go, and then uh, it's sort of subject to how your knees responding. So I, I don't think they want to rush him. And some of the signings they've made at linebacker tell me they don't want to rush him either so i i would think week six is about the target i don't have any inside information on that that's just uh that's just conjecture but wanted to answer the talkie talkie one. the next one's about uh jedrick wills tiffin dog 88 says um do we expect wills to go back to his effort performance from his first two years when the browns were contenders and it looked like he gave a damn or should we prepare to be a giant turd sandwich as he, as he played last year <laughs> Uh, at, at times is what he said. Um, yeah, he he basically assumes that year three from him was a business decision because he felt like the Browns weren't going to be in position to win without the quarterback thing. So I don't I'm not going to go there. I understand a yeah. lot of his questions off of that, which is you know, the guys around him like Batonio Callahan as coach and um, some of those others being mad at him, disappointed. Right. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. I, I don't I know. Don't, <laughs> I don't know if it was I, a I business yeah. decision, but I see he's got a bad habit. He's got a really bad habit. Yeah, that he's got to fix. Yeah. So I don't think it goes any further than that. Look for um, work. He needs to like the, the, that would solve ninety five percent of his issues. It really yeah. would if he would just finish plays and not just do his job, but seek out other jobs on top of the job he's currently doing. So I again think that's a funny question that it was asked there, but. Yeah, um, I think the habit's been there. I don't think it's a new habit. Like I noticed it year one and year two. Maybe it was more obvious due to certain scenarios in year three, but I don't get the idea that it was. Uh, it really got there. Yeah, so. it really got a light shined on it, it when Watson started scrambling around and he's just standing there, right? True. Like uh, so, yeah. I, I yeah. Next one is Cordero Patterson, an option for the second running back role. He said, I saw on Twitter someone putting him out there on a list of potential second running backs. Yeah, I saw this question. Still under contract with the Falcons. Um, I have a hard time seeing them make a, a trade. I think it would be a, a really fun <laughs> it would be deal. Fun. I, it would be fun. He would be fun in what I think they're going to do with their offense. I just don't know how desperate Cordero Patterson is to go to Cleveland. Um based on where he played his college ball based on now, maybe, I don't know, maybe the Tennessee connection with Haslam will be a draw or something. I don't know, but uh, I, I, 
fun player would be fun here. I haven't seen anything that just tells us whether that's true or not. And Jack noted that he's making four and a quarter this year. Um, so that's also prohibitive. Yeah. That's for what a they're lot trying to spend on that second the, running back. Yeah. So Jack noted if he was cut, it could make some more sense. So, so maybe you never know on those things, or maybe you could swing a deal with Atlanta where they eat a couple million of that or something to get back a pick. But, uh, the Browns already kind of came off some picks in terms of range of selections. Does he want uh, out of there, or what's? I have what, not. I have not caught any. What's the situation with their running back there? Well, they have the two now with Bijan and Tyler Algier. That's like right. they are That's right. pretty dang set there. I don't. But he might just want to be a return guy or something. You know, I, I, don't I know. forgot about Bijan. Yeah, okay. you can't forget about him. It's a pretty yeah. special player. Yeah, he is. I don't know why I <laughs> forgot about it, but I did. Eh, that's okay. The Falcons in general are pretty forgettable right now. So, yeah, Cordero Patterson, our official stance is fun, would be would be interesting. Um, but uh, don't think it's going to ultimately happen, unless he's cut. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good question here about Scott Peters working with the defensive line. I don't know if you know this, Brad, but Scott Peters has got this whole striking system, like uh, really big into where you know linemen are, are making the initial connection on blocks, and uh, is is really we're really broken down pretty well. You can find this stuff on the web. His seminars, him and Callahan have done on this strike system they use. So, so somebody asked here, which is, I I think it's I'd rather be in Cleveland, but it's spelled really strange. I 
So it's I D and then R T H R B in in letter N C L E V E. So I'd rather be in Cleveland asked. I like it. Uh, is is he willing or does he work with the defensive line too because of that striking system background? I I don't know. And Fred noted that he's never seen that before uh, on site, but it would be a heck of an idea. I don't see why they wouldn't want their defensive line to yeah. understand how offensive linemen are trying to to, to hit them and, and also just work in the hand war, right? Like winning the hand war is a really, uh, you know, it's a great integral idea. part of that position. So. I, I can't think we're the only ones to think that or, or I'd rather be in Cleveland as yeah. the only one, but I, I would, lo- I would love that. I hope they would, or at least the coaches are sharing notes. Him and, and Ben Bloom's taking over the defensive line this year, uh, yeah, sharing some, just, giving him some help, right? At, at least uh, a little bit of time of like, Hey, here's what we teach our guys. So you guys know, or, you know, whatever, here's mm-hmm. what we're showing them. Uh, an astute question from I'd rather be in Cleveland. I like it. I do too. Next question from again. I'd rather be in Cleveland. Did our D line suffer last year from bad coaching? Which kind of piggybacks off of his last one? He said, I wanted to say this. I love what Jack brought to the website. Yeah, we get it. Jack's great. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Jordan Elliott, Perry on Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, Alex Wright all suffered on the D line, in my opinion, along with the rest of the defense because of Joe Woods and Kiffin uh, as well. Do we believe the coaching will make a difference? Miles and Schwartz both have implied that at least this is with the case with Elliot agree or disagree. I don't think we'll ever have that answer. I think a lot of people want us to know that stuff and we just don't, I, I don't, I mean, I don't. And if the only way I would know is if, if we tracked where guys have been and whether units have gotten worse or better, I, I don't, it's so hard to track like position coaches and how much credit to give a position coach for certain guys successes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe you think, I mean, I don't think Kiffin was very good. I thought Kiffin had a foot out the door Yeah, when he tried to leave last summer. Um, yeah. And then came back. I, I was peculiar all around that he left and then came back. And I mean, I don't get the vibe that he was doing a real home run type of job here, or he was super committed to being in Cleveland. I don't think he, I think he got out of here pretty quick too. So I, I don't think that it was a good fit put it that way so i do hope things with bloom work out a little better there and i i would say based on how things felt from a cultural standpoint in that d-line room with what we saw aired out from Clowney and a lot of that stuff that it just wasn't in a good position so i i hope that they can be in a better spot moving forward with bloom because they need that group to be really good brad yeah i was kind of <laughs> I guess I answered that question differently. I was thinking of more like Woods and Schwartz, right? Like, and and uh, I didn't. Maybe I missed that where he identified the two uh, in comparison. But yeah, I do like. You know, you've mentioned Ben Bloom before, and that you know, you th- you know, I'm totally fine with him being there. And we talked about coaching, coaching. But I think I answered that question in that. I mean, the scheme is going to ask them to to do different things. A uh, on the interior defensive line um, with Schwartz, right? And B, I, I just think that Woods, 
one thing that I hope that we identify or see better and that I'm hoping that Schwartz will do better is is just define their roles better communication-wise. I feel like that was missing from the entire defense, but especially along that defensive line where if you get like Perrion Winfrey in his rookie year and he does one thing well, put him on the field and have him focus on doing that one thing well. And I think that in listening to Schwartz talk, he kind of believes in that same philosophy like, you know, if you can slash and create some havoc, then we're going to let you just worry about doing that and fill in behind you, right? So uh, I think they will have better defined roles here, and I think, yes, the coaching will make a difference. Good stuff. Next question comes from Optimistic. Interesting name. I like that. Why is there absolutely no mention of Maurice Hurst as a three-tech defensive lineman? I know he'd been hurt much of the last two seasons, and had that biceps injury. However, why is he not in, in any speculation as a potential fit this year? Could Barry be counting on the possibility of being a key rotational tackle? Um, he hasn't been very good since like 2019. And, and I, th- I actually think it was 2018 where he was a decent difference maker for the Oakland Raiders at the time. So it's been a while, man. It's been a while. I, uh, I don't think you can count on a guy who's missed this much time on top of the heart condition he already has like maybe if he comes in and plays really well sure i think you have to look at tristan hill as a bit more of a realistic answer here but i really think they're going to give those two a chance i just don't think you should there's just there's a lot of ways that room could go there's yeah. so much unanswered from those guys it's a real open competition between like jordan and tommy and yeah and uh Perion and hurst and hill like i that's why I'm sort of I sort of lean away from thinking they're going to bring in another veteran. I I don't they they might think that they have enough there to go off of and somebody will step up. That's a bit what makes me nervous because you want a, a, yeah. a, a bit more of a solid answer there. But generally speaking, like those two guys are sort of forgot. But I don't think Maurice Hurst deserves to be a prominent piece of conversations. Right. You know, like I don't. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I think he's talented, or he was. Um, he just couldn't could never stay healthy, right? Like, if he could find it again, he could. I mean, there there's a non-zero chance that one, him or Hill ends up starting in week one. I, you know, I mean, I think yeah. it's in the range of outcomes. So I don't know. I do too. Next question from Tommy Tommy Bo Tommy B O. So we'll say Tommy Bo. Um. Will David Bell make the team is the question. Yes. I don't see how he, I don't want to say never here, but I don't think he's in jeopardy. I think he feels like the fourth guy that that, that they would have in the unit, right? Like obviously Elijah Moore, Donovan and and Amari are going to eat up 11 personnel snaps, but if they go through another full season without injuries, I'll be pretty stunned. So yeah. Uh, David Bell is making the roster. Uh, he was again not he was not a hindrance to what they did last year. He just didn't get the ball much. Right. His his tracking data for being open was pretty strong. Uh, so there's a chance he gets better. There's a chance he's forced onto the field because something uh, injury wise, knock on wood, happens. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to make the roster. I, I don't think there's any question about that. He's going into year two. So yeah, I think that. Um draft capital invested what we saw like you said he wasn't a problem and he flashed you know some good things at times and i think that uh they probably view him as a potential 
key piece. I mean, we talked about this before, how valuable production on a rookie deal is at wide receiver, right? It's critical to roster building. So uh, I absolutely think he makes the team and uh, probably contributes a little too. I think a little people thought he was going to contribute a lot his rookie year. He didn't contribute a ton. There's a chance, in my opinion, that he contributes a lot this year when people didn't think he was going to contribute much. So, um, stadium name, Jim Brown stadium this year. I know the Browns are in between first energy stadium and, uh, going back to Cleveland Brown stadium. Now, I don't think they're going to call it Jim Brown stadium, but I do wonder what they're going to do for him. Do you think it's just a number patch they'll put on or I'm not sure what they'll do. I've seen some interesting ideas, like some helmet decals and things like that. It feels like a Jersey patch situation to honor him, but, I don't think they're going to go so far as to rename the stadium it's stadium for a year. That comes yeah. from Raimito six should have said that. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It feels like a Jersey patch thing to me. I think they did that a, a while back. Was it when Carmen policy passed away or yeah. it was uh, some, it some was. patch that they wore back in the day? It it was a patch thing. Yeah. I don't know what they'll do. Well, yeah. No, I, I'll keep my mouth shut on on the topic, but yeah, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah, there you go. Whatever you want to do. Uh, last question before we get out of here. This comes from Dave Pye. He asks, I was just wondering, could a trade be possible after June 1st with Adams sending Amari Cooper to Las Vegas for Devontae Adams? I don't see how, how – Dave, I don't know how you got there on this one, but I don't know how they would – what the draw, the connection – why they would want to do that. Um, you know, Devontae's special, but I think Amari had a really good year. There's yeah. reasons to be really optimistic that he can continue to do it. Uh, I'm not sure the difference in age for those two. Do you Do you know? I think Amari's going to be 29 uh, Gotta this be year. I don't, he's 28 until June 17th. So he turns 29 June 17th. Devontae Adams is at 30 or over 30 i thought he's currently 30 he'll play 30 this year and turn 31 on december 24th so he's like a year ish year and a half ish older um there's so many of these good wide receivers are 29 and 30 right now like stefan diggs is 29 hopkins is 30 tyreek hills 29 yeah it's an interesting cluster of guys around that weird age where you feel like they decline at the same rate as running backs and they don't so mm-hmm. you think like oh my gosh 30s old but it's like 32 33 34 is where wide receivers start to really slow down perpetuity i mean would you do a Devonte adams for amari cooper trade if it was a swap essentially i, mean, I think Devonte's better i would probably do it but i don't think that's a deal that would what, how does that make sense for vegas yeah you know? i it's a tough one, you know. I he mean, still put up fifteen hundred and sixteen yards and fourteen touchdowns last year. Incredible. Yeah, we do that. We yeah. do that. Is he a Hall of Famer? That's the next question. He's got three Pro Bowls. No, for the so he had. He's been All Pro the last three straight seasons, and he has six Pro Bowls. He has nine thousand six hundred thirty-seven yards in eight seasons. If he puts up another fifteen hundred yard type year. And is an all pro first team guy again, I think he's in. Yeah. Right? Yep. He's right there. Uh numbers wise, he's right there on the brink of it, you know. I think he needs uh one he's more catch big season. Balls from Jimmy Garoppolo though. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. 
That's like Mike Evans. I have a, I have a couple buddies who are huge Tampa Bay fans. Oh boy, Mike Evans has been every single season since Mike Evans has been in the NFL. 2014, he gets into the NFL. Mike also uh, interesting career when it'll come down to it. I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer, but the, but I mean the guy in eight seasons has put up a thousand yards every year. Thousand, yeah. he has ten thousand four hundred twenty-five. Every single season, a thousand yards. He's gonna play the. He's another one of those guys in that same twenty-nine. He'll be. He plays this year at thirty. Is the quarterback who kills wide receiver production gonna be the end of that? As I've been joking with them, I said, "Ain't no way, no he way." It's another grand, but he could. I mean, didn't uh, didn't Odell in twenty nineteen have a thousand with? Mayfield, he, or am I wrong? On yes, that? no, he did. It, he barely broke, bare, barely <laughs> broke a thousand. He was two, 2019. He got to a thousand thirty-five and four touchdowns. Yeah, this is the most disgruntled thousand forty-five ever. Yeah, uh, my, I think Mike Evans has had a couple years where he's been. Yeah, he had a year, his fourth year in the league, he had a thousand one yards, and then oh. in twenty twenty, he had a thousand six. Uh, that's crazy. He, you know, he fights injury so much, it seems like, but yeah, he still gets to 1,000 yards. That's crazy. He, but the thing is, he fights injuries a lot, but he's played 15, 15. Okay, so he had 15, 15, 16, 15. He's only had one year where he's played less than 15 games. He played 13 in 2019. That's hard to believe. It feels That's like he's nuts. hurt more than that. I, think, yeah. I feel like Mike Evans is criminally underrated. Like, yeah, doesn't get talked is. about at all. He'll play. Yeah, he'll play at thirty this year, so that adds to the list of wide receivers who will be in that twenty-nine to thirty-year-old range. There's a bunch of them. It's like they're all in weird spots. Like Evan, the only one I think I said, Tyreek Hill and and um, uh, who's the other one? Stephon Diggs are fine because they're quarterbacks. Well, you know, Hill, yeah, Tua can stop getting injured, but Adams, Hopkins, Mike are all dealing with really rough quarterback situations now. Yeah. So it's they interesting. Are. Amari Cooper, I don't think you're going anywhere. Like that'd be a, a weird uh you know, but again, if Devontae Adams you're asking, would we would you do a Devontae Adams for Amari Cooper? I would do it in a heartbeat, but it doesn't yeah. feel like that's happening. I also would be interested what what is Devontae Adams cap hit? Let's see that real quick before it's we split be, out of here. It's monstrous. It's gotta be massive. It has to be. He signed that huge deal when he got huge traded there. Deal. Oh my lord! Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's like thirty. His dead cap it's is like thirty. His dead cap. If they traded him post June one, it's actually not bad on a post June one trade. Really, seven. But the cap number. Oh, oh boy, the cap number this year is fourteen point seven. Twenty four. It's twenty five point three. 25 it's 44.1 and 26 it's 44.1 holy so it's 33 and 34 seasons are 44 million dollar cap hits for the team that he would be on now they could get out of it uh and not murder the dead cap situation but they're not no one's trading for that contract so if they could like could they cut him post june 1st yeah so they they would go with with cutting him he's going to be there for two more seasons there's no they're not they're not two things have to happen. First, they wouldn't cut him because the cut post June first is thirty million of dead cap this year, twenty four point seven million of dead cap next year. Good. They God. could trade him post June first, and it wouldn't be bad. But who's taking on that Nobody. existing contract? Even though, again, 
He They'd just put eat up fifteen hundred and yards and fifteen touchdowns. But yeah, I don't I don't particularly see him uh moving out of there. So yeah, that's what we got. That's today's spot. Do we miss anything, Brad, that you want to hit on? No, this is good. Those are uh you know uh those are all good questions astute questions good stuff good stuff like i said on my end i'll do this for saturday now on if you want to shoot me a twitter dm i'll also put out a tweet about this for questions we'll do a mailbag saturday until the season gets here but otherwise uh you know we'll keep doing sunday's things i think i know about the browns and 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 that's we're kind of doing a hybrid here yeah right now keep getting together and hopefully there's some more but again, we're going to have to get creative because there's not a ton to talk about unless some some silliness happens and we don't want any of that stuff to happen. So No. Yeah. Yeah, hey, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. We'll get more fun. OTAs this week. So. Yeah. See, we'll get some sound bites. We'll have some stuff to yuck it up on. Figure it out. So, all right guys, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you being here, uh joining us on a on a Sunday podcast. Like I said, we're back to your regular scheduled programming and from my end for the upcoming week. Any uh, good guests coming up for you, Brad, on your end? uh still efforting oh as always always as always he's on the grind all right check out the check out the all eyes on cleveland podcast feed make sure you're subscribed leave five stars check out the obr film breakdown leave a review on that one too subscribe we appreciate you guys a ton thanks for being here for me for brad have a great sunday guys good round Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.